You are listening to the Unity Now podcast featuring the Reverend Sean Birch, the pastor of Spirit of Unity Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. In this podcast, you will hear powerful messages from Pastor Birch and other ministers that tell of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These messages will inspire, challenge, and help you grow in your relationship with God. I hope you're ready. I know I am. Let's be blessed by today's message. Congratulations, Pastor, on two years of pastor and people, and congratulations, Spirit of Unity, for this celebration. There is a word from the Lord this morning, and I would ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and then if you're accustomed, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And I will begin reading at verse 1. Excuse me, I'll begin reading at verse 2. And I will read down to verse 7. And the Word of the Lord reads, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Please join me in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that you've given us together. God, we thank you for this service. God, we thank you for this church and this pastor. And people, God, I pray that you will bless our time together. And God, now as your word goes forth, it is my prayer, God, that you would hide me behind your cross. God, may these your people see none of me but all of thee. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you are my Lord, you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the presence of the Lord. I'd like to share with you this morning, just for a few moments on the subject, count it all joy. Turning your trials into triumph. Turning your trials into triumph. It has been said that when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. This phrase is used to encourage optimism and positive can-do attitudes in the midst of adversity hardship, or misfortune. Lemons suggest or speak to the sourness or the difficult times in life while making lemonade refers to those things, refers to turning those things into something positive or desirable. Now while this phrase may sound profound and 
and it sounds philosophical and somewhat encouraging, it is much easier said than done. Amen, somebody. In other words, it is much easier to make that statement than to practice it. In a perfect world, we would like to exist in the lemonade phases and seasons of our lives where life is cool and refreshing. But the truth of the matter is, we will never be able to appreciate the lemonade seasons of our lives without dealing with limits. Amen. As we are sitting here right now only a few months back into corporate worship while still dealing with the pandemic, we can celebrate the fact that God has kept us and we have made it to this point in this day, in this year, where we, if we are honest with ourselves this morning, we have not made it to this point without having to deal with our share of hard and difficult times. All right, all right. Some of us have had to go by the cemetery. Some of us have had to go by the hospital. Some of us have experienced loss. Some of us have had financial strain. Some of us have had to deal with situations and circumstances that were felt to be out of control. Some of us have had to deal with the frustrations of, of goals not being met, things not working out the way you plan, people walking out of your life. Some of us have had to take on the extra responsibility without having the means to handle what was already on our plates to begin with. Some of us have had to deal with pastoring in a pandemic with all the stresses that come with that. And I believe if we were to take a look back over just to this point in this year, we can all attest that we have all had our shares of ups and downs, highs and lows, good times and bad. But the good news is that we can all do as James said and count it all joy. Hallelujah. While those words roll up our tongues easily, and it may not be what you want to hear when you're actually going through tough times, this verse, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, is a biblical truth that expresses the heart of God towards us. It is his desire that every trial be used to make us triumphant. Hallelujah. It is his desire to work everything that we have to go through for our ultimate good. This is where we find ourselves in our text today. In this letter, James, he give, he's giving general advice to his people for living through difficult times. This letter is addressed to the 12 tribes who are now dislocated from their homeland, Israel, and scattered throughout the Mediterranean, who are now being forced to reestablish their homes and identities in a place that is now foreign to them. I would like to add to you, add right there, that sometimes God will have you operating in places and spaces that are not familiar and or comfortable to you, but every work that God calls you to may not necessarily feel good at the time, but you must trust and believe that it is working for your good. Them in their faith during these difficult times. 
James, what he does is he admonishes and he challenges his brothers and sisters to face their trials with a sense of joy or delight. His claim is that when faith is tested by trials, it produces spiritual discipline, which will provide for the believer strength, support, and a deeper connection to God, All even right. in the midst of whatever hardship you have to endure. All right. His premise is this, it is that the in the face of trials and hardship and difficult times, it is important that we maintain proper perspective. I would suggest that in this letter, James is challenging these early believers in big picture thinking and living. And in other words, sometimes we can be so focused on what is happening to us that we miss the fact that God may be working something in us and through us to accomplish His purposes in the earth. Hallelujah. Now the question now becomes for us this morning, Spirit of Unity, how do we maintain joy with all the things that we are up against? Hallelujah. We, we, we are up against so much that there's uncertainty in our government. We're dealing with this COVID-19 crisis. There's violence in all of our communities. The demands of our jobs, where some of us are being overworked and underpaid, having unrealistic expectations placed on us without the proper support that we need. The demands of this home life, the demands of ministry. How do we handle the trials of life with this joy that James speaks of. The first thing we have to do, Spirit of Unity, is we have to approach our trials with the right attitude. Somebody say attitude. James 1 and 2 says, Count it all joy, consider it pure joy, when you fall into various trials. The operative word here in this verse is the word when. Notice that James didn't say if you fall into various trials. He said when you fall into various trials. This means that there should be an expectation that there will be trials. One of the reasons that we should expect them is because Jesus said that we would have them. Jesus said in John 16.33 that in this world you will have trials. But he also said take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Now the nature of these trials will vary. Some, some trials we have are simply because we are human. Just our human nature itself brings on trials. We're going to have sickness in our bodies. We're going to have accidents. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make bad decisions. We're going to have to experience disappointments and death. This is just part of being human. Other trials come because we are Christian. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 tells us not to be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Yes, yes. 2 Timothy Amen. tells us that, 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 uh, that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Will. The point that James is making here is not that we pretend to be happy when we face pain. No. But he wants us to have a positive outlook and a positive attitude when it comes. James tells us that our attitude towards our trials should be one of joy. 
This was the attitude of the apostles in Acts 5, 41, after they had been persecuted for preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. Peter, James, and John were the first apostles to be persecuted physically because of their faith. They rejoiced in the fact that God had allowed them to be persecuted like their Lord and Savior. Joy was the attitude of Paul in Romans 5 when he spoke about the glory and suffering, not because he liked pain and suffering, but because he knew that God uses life's difficulties and attacks to build our character and our strength. An attitude of joy was expressed in 1 Peter when Peter told early believers that though they may have had to suffer for a little while, the end result would be praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Hallelujah. We have to have uh, the right attitude. Pa Pastor Rick Warren, he defines joy as this. He says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Right. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Now, because Satan fights us and the world opposes us, we can expect and rest assured that we will have trials. But on the flip side, we have a God that fights for us and a Savior that has overcome the world. So we can have an attitude of joy with the assurance that everything is going to be all right. We can rejoice in the fact that everything that is happening to us will accomplish God's will and purpose through us. So my brothers and sisters, the first step to turning our trials into triumph and counting it all joy is to immediately thank God and adapt a joyous attitude. It does not matter how big the situation or the problem may be because we serve a God that is involved in every detail and every facet of our lives. We can look at trials, adversity, and obstacles in the face and still celebrate and praise God while we are going through it. Is there anybody in spirit of unity today that with the prayer of me this morning that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Huh? It's the strength that keeps you late in the midnight hour. It's the strength that keeps you from throwing in the towel and giving up. It's the strength that keeps you and gives you comfort. It's the strength that keeps you praising God through it all. Somebody We can't find joy 
in the midst of our problems and our trials, when we when we, we can find joy in the midst of our problems and trials, when we recognize their purpose and their results. Trials are designed to test our faith, and when our faith is tested, it brings out the best in us. Amen. Now the question now becomes, what are the results? The Bible says that the results of these trials, the results of these adversities, the answer to that is perseverance. Some versions of the Bible use the word patience. Now, now I know that is nothing to shout about because I believe I'm in good company when I say that patience is something that most people want but don't want to exercise. Amen. 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 We want patience, but don't let me have to stand in line for too long. And 
But a faith that is not tested is a faith that's not worth having. Amen. Amen. You gotta let it work. You gotta let it work. And lastly, in order for us to count it all joy and turn our trials into triumph, we must not only have the right attitude, we must not only understand what our trials will accomplish, but we must also know what to ask for. We must also know what to ask for. Verses 5 through 8 of our text, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. In this instance, James is not merely speaking of having knowledge, but he is speaking of having the ability to make wise decisions even in the midst of most difficult circumstances. I believe that that is good news for us this morning because if we are a we lack wisdom when faced with trials, we just simply need to ask God for it. It's a blessing that we don't have to be in the dark searching for answers to the issues that come up in our lives. We can ask God for the wisdom we need to guide our decisions. Now, the type of wisdom that we need to count it all joy and turn our trials into triumphs, it has three characteristics. It has three characteristics. Number one, it's practical. Somebody say practical. Practical. In Rick Warren's definition of joy that I read earlier, we came to understand that God is involved in every detail of our lives. So this wisdom is not one that is separate or isolated from suffering and trials. In other words, this wisdom is the tool by which trials are overcome. It's not only knowing what needs to be done, but it's properly applying that knowledge to be used in the best way possible. Amen. Amen. So it's practical. Number two, this wisdom is divine. Somebody say divine. Divine. God's wisdom is far greater than our common sense. Right. Amen. Right. His wisdom is far greater than our common Amen. sense. Relying on our common sense alone won't lead us to choose joy in our trials. Wisdom is birthed out of respect for God and living by God's direction. Amen. It's divine. Number three, this wisdom is Christ-like. Somebody say Christ-like. Christ asking for wisdom is asking to be like Christ because the Bible identifies Christ as the wisdom of God. Now, just as we should have the expectation that we will encounter trials, we should also have the expectation that God will give us the wisdom we need to get us through those trials, but all we have to do is ask Him for it. The wisdom to properly use trials and turn them into trials can only come through proper prayer and knowing what to ask for. Proper prayer is a prayer asking faith without doubt. We must be careful to go to God in prayer uh, when we go to God in prayer that we go to Him believing that He is more than able to provide for us everything that we need. It's foolish of us to go to God in prayer with any type of doubt in His ability to meet our need. When we go to God for wisdom we must go to Him in faith and with an expectation of 
about his answer because the Bible not because the Bible not only uh, says will he give it, but he will give it liberally without finding fault. Is there anybody here this morning that needs the wisdom of God?